Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Hello, TOP friends, family, and new listeners. We have a special announcement today. TOP is hosting a fun fair for kids aged 3 to 14 and their families Saturday, September 14th from 1 to 3 p.m. We'll have food, games, raffles, and more. Admission is $5 per child and includes three game tickets and a hot dog. Additional tickets will be available for purchase as well. We hope you'll come join us. The fun fair is on September 24th from 1 to 3 p.m. at the Tower of Pentecost, located at 930 Aaron Drive in Richland, Washington. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. It's good to be here tonight. Amen. Excited about what the Lord is doing. Hallelujah. Got a long drive in the morning. Pick up some kids from senior camp. Not only we got a lot of kids there, we got a lot of adults there, and so, which is great. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Um, before I get started here tonight, I wanted to uh, show a little video. So if we could show this little video here, Amen. This I took uh, pictures from the very first. This is all five days at junior camp. Some pictures, videos. And uh, I put it together, I was putting it together at night while I was there, and finalized it the, uh, oh, yesterday, I think, late last night. But anyway, I hope you enjoy. Same skirts. I'll kind of narrate it here. That's the evangelist. That's Darren. Altar service. That's me and the girls. Cooper. He's going sideways. <laughs> 200 foot slide. So fast. Go guys, go. Push, push. We got stuck. He hits his nose on the back of Noah's head. Give him a big push. There you go. Well, they're going fast. I think they're going to make it. Oh, God. 
That's the boys' cabins way down over there. Good, good. Oh, this is funny. That's Mason in the front, Noah in the back. Turning lost and founds, you had to get up on stage and sing I'm a little teapot to get it back. Okay, you want to see the video real quick? We were the only boys' cabin to go uh, swimming. Bro, I don't know why I was so <laughs> Don't jump on people. Give him a push. Peepee. That's Peepee. That was a fun game. The boys actually lost that. Alicia did a great job up there. Look at his legs when he took his socks off. Look at the dirt, dirt line. Scavenger hunt. Jacob spent 
five to six hours every day manning that slide. There he was. Zayla is coming back from the snack shack. Colton did a great job. Sister Sabrina did a great job. Noah is the snack monster. Look at all these pops he would drink in one day. <laughs> Scavenger hunt. Oh, Sherry did a great job. She's a, she's a tough, tough girl. And her boy got the Holy Ghost. These girls are so silly. <laughs> Is that funny or what? Hey, camper of the day. Yeah. That was on as we were packing up and heading out. That was the last picture. It was a great time. All right. I when uh, Kira got camper of the day, it was it was pretty exciting. And then watching uh, Jacob and Sabrina, you know, she got so excited running running to her dad and give her a big hug. And, and I thought, you know, he was just a, a boy on the little league baseball team that we started bringing to church and taking him to camp and junior camp and then senior camp and. And then he married a girl from the church, and his daughter, camper of the day. <laughs> anyway, just it was it was such a it was such a blessing. I tell you what, junior camp is not for. Uh, is it? Uh, you're probably not supposed to say sissies, but I'm going to say it. It's not for sissies. I tell you, one kid, the uh, um, brother Plant. He's the uh, Sunday school president. His son had one of those step counters, and one day he had 50,000 steps, <laughs> okay? So when we start, when the sun comes up, people are getting up, and you're going until 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and it's, it's brutal, and you get kids dehydrated, and it, you try to, everybody got a water, oh, a little water thing to carry around, it's they're gone with the boys, so I'm constantly trying to find their thermoses, and they're covered with dirt. And I go wash them off, try to fill them up, and then I would, okay, guys, you gotta you gotta waterfall some water here because nobody wants to put their lips on somebody else's thermos, right? <laughs> Noah's okay, so I was making trying to make sure that all of our kids were hydrated. <laughs> it was so bad. Uh, anyway. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> so I was going to talk, I was planning on a uh, except you become as a little child, but uh, with the Brother Grant's message on Sunday as I was sitting there, it was wonderful, and there was something that just jumped out at me that I had never thought of in, in a certain way, and so I hope I can bring it together. Um, Saturday, Monday, I got this little minivan at 9.15, and uh, I picked up a couple of kids for senior camp, drove them, met Colton here, we 
piled all the stuff into this rental minivan that I had, drove it up there to Ravensdale, uh, dropped those kids off, had to meet Felisa and Easton in Yakima, went and drove to Yakima, picked up Easton, turned around, dropped him off around 9.45. I got home at 1.21 in the morning, 16 hours of hauling kids to camp on Monday. In fact, I was so in a zone driving that as I, as I uh, went through, um, I'm not an energy drink guy, right? But the only time I ever get an energy drink or a coffee or anything like that is if I'm doing a ton of driving I'm by myself. So I pulled over and got a sugar-free Red Bull. And I, I, anyway, I, anyway, I had that. And, and I'm driving, and I'm thinking, I should be coming up to Yakima here pretty soon. I'm, not even, I'm just kind of spacing off and just driving. And all of a sudden, I see this bridge. And I'm like, where's this bridge? Where's this bridge coming from? And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm, I'm on the backside of Manawa. And I'm like, hey, well, at least I'm going to get home 15 minutes sooner, right? But I didn't want to go that way because if you ever have car trouble in the middle of the night, I mean, you're out there with the coyotes. And I'm not talking about the four-legged coyotes, right? <laughs> so, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty rough in, uh, in, in that area. So, um, Anyway, got home and had to have the van back by uh, 8.30. Oh, when I get home at 1.20, I'm like ready to hit the bed, right? Yeah, Felicia's got the two girls sleeping in my spot on the bed. <laughs> I guess I said, I guess I'm sleeping on the couch. So I go downstairs and I have to unwind. I can't just go to sleep. And Anyway, but and then the next day I was at meetings and... Uh, I was hitting on all cylinders, and I'm thinking, Lord, you should have given me an extra shot of adrenaline or something, because I should have been tired, and I, I wasn't at all, but anyway, junior camp is, uh, it'll, it'll try you, that's for sure, <laughs> but it is, it, it brings out the best, and it can bring out the worst in you, because it, it, it uh, it's a, long, it's a long four or five days. Anyway, here's the scripture that, uh, that jumped out at me. And before I go into it, I'd like to pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, God, we humbly come before you, Lord God. We're so thankful for this opportunity to gather here tonight. Amen. In this house, Lord God, I pray, O oh Lord Jesus, that I would bring forth this in the right spirit, Lord God, and in a, in a way that you would have it done. I give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. The scripture is uh, 2 Timothy 3 and 5. And I came down here yesterday, and I spent probably three or four hours putting this together. together. And normally, um, I like doing it all on my phone, but I... Uh, you know, I need to I need to go somewhere where I can kind of get some alone time, and I came down here. And anyway, praise the Lord. I only had my wife called me up. She goes, "Are you at the church?" I'm like, "Yeah." She goes, oh, "I'll be down there in a minute." I go, "No, don't come, please. I'm trying, I'm trying to do something." <laughs> anyway, let's read it. Having a form. Oh, what's the title, Brother Cliff? Keeping the power. Is that what we went with? Keeping the power. Woo. 
having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. You know, Brother Grant brought out in a really good way, this is talking about the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, right? In Acts 1 and 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Now, when, when Paul's writing this to Timothy, it's about what's going to happen in the last days. If you read the scriptures before, it's a bunch of things that, you know, um, things that'll be in that generation. And it says that they will have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. So we know that the Holy Ghost is the source of power. But ye shall, Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. In 2 Timothy 1 and 7, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, amen, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, this isn't in the notes, but when you get the Holy Ghost, you get six things right off the bat, right? You get love, power, a sound mind. God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but what? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen. Now, God is the one that imputes that and gives that to you when he moves into your earthly vessel, right? Uh, in when we call it the receiving of the Holy Ghost. So the power, amen, is the spirit working in your life. And it happens right away. One time I was working the fireworks booth and I had a guy there that was very full of a terrible sin. And he was, I never met this guy, but he was trying to persuade me to um, do some sinful things. It was really a weird, weird situation. And here's what I told him. He asked what was the, uh, the name of the church, and he had never heard of Pentecost, right? And, um, and so I got a chance to talk to him about it. And I told him, I said, here's the thing is this, is that we believe that God, I said, have you seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? He goes, yeah, yeah. I thought, well, in the Old Testament, God lived in a box, right, covered in gold. But now he lives in these fleshly bodies. And I said, here's what the power of God does in your life. I said, I want you to think of the one thing that you wish you could stop doing, but you can't do. I don't want you to tell me what it is. I don't want to know. But the thing that you wish you could stop doing, but you can't, you have no power to, to help yourself or to stop yourself. It may be cursing, it may be whatever it is. I, I told him, I said, here's the thing. If you give your heart to the Lord and you decide to serve the Lord, you let him fill you with the Holy Ghost. I tell you what, God will remove that one thing that you cannot take away on your own, and he'll take it away. And that's a witness to you personally. Amen. That's the power. It's a transforming power. It's a power to be a witness. It's power over death, hell, and the grave, right? This is the power. We're renewed day by day by his what? His spirit renews us. 
Amen. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power. When, when the preaching was going on, I thought of a story in the Old Testament. I thought of Rehoboam. Remember what happened to Rehoboam and the king of Egypt? Anybody remember that story? Rehoboam and the king of Egypt? Well, here's what's going on. Things are not going good in the kingdom. And sin, you read it, what it says, the type of sin that was going on in the land of Israel at that time. It's the type of sin that's celebrated today with the rainbow flag. Okay, And so God, he judges his people and he allows Shishak, the king of Egypt, to come in. And you know what they do? They take away all the treasure from the house of the Lord, from the king's palace. And when it said that they took away all the treasure, there was one treasure that was named. Who knows what it is? I know, I know the pastor does. It was Solomon's 200 shields of gold. It's the only treasure that's named in there. Now, each of those shields were made of 15 pounds of pure gold. 15 pounds of pure gold. And he took them all. And you know what Rehoboam did? He didn't make new ones. He replaced them with shields of brass. Now, here's the thing is this. Gold is a metal that will not corrode with oxygen. It won't rust. It won't tarnish. But brass isn't even a metal. It's a combination of metals. It looked great, but it didn't have the power that gold had. It was a form of godliness. Gold represents God in His majestic glory. It never fades. It never goes away. Right? That's why He overlaid everything in gold. And, and so Rehoboam, he took those and he replaced them with a form of godliness. But they didn't have the power, the power to endure the power to stay. In fact, uh, brass isn't even, it's, a, it's not as dense as gold. So I was thinking about that, and it's a picture in my mind of having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Amen. <clears throat> I printed off notes and I'm not a note guy so it took me forever to do this <laughs> I'm more of a just a point guy and just go with what the leading of the Holy Ghost but I'm doing notes here tonight and so I'm I feel a little awkward in it having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof when I say that what comes into your mind what, what, anything what comes into your mind? Having a form of godliness. What's that? You know what? That, I think, is probably a better answer than what I always thought it was. 
I always kind of thought it. I always kind of fluffed it over my shoulder, right? Sometimes we have a tendency of doing that. Oh, that's not really not for me. That's got to be for somebody else. And, um, and I always kind of thought it was, I remember we called up, my wife called up the school to see if we could get some our kids in their private school. And he goes, yeah, we would love to have them. And sure, and she was talking to the pastor. We would love to have them, that we would love to. That'd be great, that'd be great. And yeah, yeah, oh, let me ask you this. What church do you go to? Oh, we go to this church. Oh, hold on a second. We can't have the blasphemy of tongues spoken about here. So I always associated that scripture with faith and organizations that seemed to have a form of godliness, but they denied the, the Holy Ghost. It's not for us today. That was for them back then. I mean, am I the only one? But that's kind of what I always thought. Okay? I always kind of said, well, that's talking about um, churches in the last day that do not have the revelation or understanding of receiving the Holy Ghost. Okay? Sure, a, kind of a, uh, a religious organization denying the power. And that's kind of what I always picture, okay? I've always thought of this. A church that says the Holy Ghost is not for us today, at least not like how they got it in Acts chapter 2. Okay? Um, and then they use the scripture that Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians, uh, do all speak in tongues. And they try to explain it away uh, that way. Okay, we're not going into that tonight. And they say more, right? They can get pretty. They can get pretty ugly about it too. So, not all, but some, right? But it hit me Sunday, as the preaching was going on. What if it was about us? What if it was about me? Oh. First and foremost, the church is the living church. How? Because it is filled with the Spirit of God. Before the preaching of salvation, before the signs and the miracles, before the teaching and the writings on Christian living, the church was a Spirit-filled church. Right? So, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2. Not some. They were all filled with with the Holy Ghost, meaning the church, the individuals, everybody was filled with the Spirit of God. What if denying the power wasn't a public declaration, like I always kind of thought? What if it wasn't a public declaration, but a private one? Or even not knowing you're denying the power. What if it was just a private one? Or what if it was 
where you don't even know you're denying it. Could that, could that happen? I think it can. I think I've actually have been in that situation. But instead of having replace, oh, think about this, right? What if denying that was a private one or not even knowing you were doing it? And suddenly your oil, the spirit, runs out of your vessel, your lamp. But you still are a virgin. And you still have the appearance that you're capable of being a bride. How did these five foolish maintain their purity? Seem like that they would be fit for a bride. How did they lose that oil? How did they lose the power? Right? So I've really been kind of thinking on that um, with this. Amen. I know this is a little different tonight but I believe it's going to really go somewhere. <clears throat> See, I think that God's people were kind of like in this situation when Jesus was upon the earth and when God manifested himself as the Son of God. And I'm going to give you a scripture supporting that idea. Listen to Matthew 23 and 23. We're going to read it out of two different translations. We're going to read it out of my personal uh, favorite, the King James. And then we're going to read it out of a new translation called the New English Translation, which is a, as Brother Clemenson has um, shared with me, is a really good translation. So... <coughs> Here's what we want to read. Give me Matthew 23, 23 in Okay, can you give me 23, 23? Sorry about that. That's the one that I did in small print. <laughs> okay, here we go. <sighs> The same day came to him, Jesus, the Sadducees, no, that's the wrong one. The, the one I want to read does include, I don't think it says Sadducees, I think it says Pharisees and scribes, but you can put Sadducees in there too. The same day came to him, no, that's the same one, I thought he had it. Let me see if I missed something here. Yeah, okay. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Remember, she's, Sister Marlene said hypocrite, right? Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. Judgment, okay, that's like justice. That's what we'll find out in the, in the NET version. Just judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you, ye to have done. So he said, hey, paying tithe on these substances, yeah, you should have done that, right? 
and not to leave the others undone. Now we'll read it in the, in the NET, and it might make a little more sense. Did you switch it over? No, that's, there we go. Woe to you, experts in the law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites. You give a tenth, your tithe, you give a tenth of mint, dill, dill and cumin, yet you neglect what is more important in the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have done these things without neglecting the others, okay? So the point that I want to try to bring out here is, is this, is that, let's see if I can read this. They were missing the spirit of the law, right? And, and so what was going on is they were praying daily, they were going to the temple daily. They offered up daily sacrifices. They rehearsed the word in their out. They rehearsed the word. They would say it daily. They paid tithes, and they started adding more commandments onto it, thinking that they were getting closer and closer to God. But in reality, they were getting further and further away. And so what they were doing, in my mind, is that they were doing what? They had a form of godliness, but they were denying the power thereof. They were being filled with all of the stuff that they thought was the right thing to do. And they missed what was really important. Okay? They missed it. Let's see if I can read this. I got it underlined, so it must be good. Oh, I already said it. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. They had a form of godliness, but were denying the power thereof. They were denying justice. They were denying mercy. They were denying faithfulness. Right? They were focused on these other things. Yeah, but that can never happen to us. Well, you know, I did a real honest analysis of my life. And... I'll talk about that a little bit. Good thing the scripture says, confess your faults one to another. I'm going to stick with the King James. It says faults. These newer translations say sin. I don't like that. Okay? Um, or not all of them, but some of them do. I'll confess some faults to you. I won't confess any sins to you. <laughs> I don't want to hear your sins. I'm sure you don't want to hear mine. <laughs> right? Um, but give me 2 Timothy 3.5 in the NET. Listen to this. This. Now, after I was thinking on this, and I was putting this all together, last night I was like, how does, how does 2 Timothy 3 and 5 show in the NAT? And then when I read it, I was like, oh, no, that's a little too scary. They will maintain their outward appearance. Whoa. They will maintain their outward appearance of religion. Wow. But will have repudiated its power. Whoa. I'm going to confess a fault to you. Don't judge me for this. 
because I had to repent and apologize. The first time that I came to this church, I was 37. I was 37 and going at it hard, right? And we came over here, and there were people that were being used in the church. And I thought, I even told my wife, I said, these people give Pentecost a bad name because they weren't up to my standard. They, I didn't feel like they were towing the standard of what I felt was right. Okay? Now that's, I'm confessing a fault that I had. I don't have that anymore. But at one time I really did. It's a bad deal. And so I looked at myself, and at that point, I had a form of godliness, but I was denying the power of God in my life. I was just like those scribes and Pharisees where I was focused on these things, and I had forgotten mercy and grace. And it just hit me as you were preaching. It all came together. Isn't that amazing how... You can hear a message and God deals with you with one and, and something over here. And, and, and I just was like, wow, okay, God, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. And so how do we get out of that, right? Well, look, Galatians chapter 5 is a really good place to start because it puts side by side well, first of all, if you're feeling proud that you're better than somebody else, boy, you know there's an issue there, <laughs> right? That there, there is an issue. But if you look at Galatians chapter 5, the works of the flesh, and then you look at the gifts of the Spirit, it's right in there. And if you start checking off some of those things, bitterness, hatred, uh, uh, resentment, pride, those things. You know what? It's time to get serious about prayer. I'm not talking about now. I've been to so many of these senior camp and junior camps that it's pretty funny. They come down and you know who's wanting to pray and who's not wanting to pray. The ones that aren't really wanting to pray, you know what they do? They pray for others. If you've been to junior camp, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? And, 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 but then you get ones that are just, it's them and God, and the tears are flowing, okay? So if, if you're feeling some of these things, I'm, I'm submitting to you that you're going towards a form of godliness, but denying the power of the Spirit to conform you to his image, right? And so what, what I, if you feel those things, it's time to pray. Not, not a junior camp pray for others. It's time for prayer. Junior camp at the altar. You know, Connor, the night Connor and Cooper got the Holy Ghost, those two boys, 45 minutes at the altar, I was praying with Connor, Colton was praying with Cooper. Connor got the Holy Ghost, and then I went over and started praying for Cooper. 
45 minutes, tears coming down at the altar. Okay? It's like what Paul said at the end of that one scripture where he says, I die daily. It's got to be a, God, I don't want to walk like this anymore. We've got to be willing to put ourselves on the altar. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Amen. We got we to gotta read those. Galatians 5.22, we got to say, oh God, fill me with your love. Help me to love people as you love them, right? You ever prayed that, God? I want to see the lost as, as you see them. I want to... Jesus, he saw the lost and he longed to be their shepherd. He longed to be their shepherd, right? God, fill me with joy, peace, only that you can, gentleness, goodness, faith, long-suffering, Fill me. How about Philippians 4 and 8? I'm almost done here. Finally, brethren, if, if you have a negative thought, you got to say, God, I don't want to be thinking like that. I want to think like this, right? Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen. You know, sin doesn't just happen, right? Your flesh is drawn away. And then after your flesh, flesh concedes, well, what happens is drawn away by lust and then eventually you put to formulate a plan and then you act upon it. The guy that robs a bank, he just doesn't rob a bank, he puts a plan together. And so you can't allow negative thoughts in your mind. you got to say, oh, God, find something. Find something to think upon that's lovely and pure, of a good report. I don't want to think about my brother or sister like that. Amen. And then finally, here is something to do to work on yourself every day. Every day is 2 Peter 1, 4 through 8. Whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises. Oh, boy. That's the, that's the promise of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Right? We have the power to overcome this flesh. We have the power to overcome carnal thoughts. We have the power, amen, to please God. You cannot please God without the Holy Ghost. It's the power. Amen. These precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Amen. There's coming a day when there is going to be a transformation. Amen. We shall be transformed and be like Him. Amen. Having escaped the corruption, this Corruption shall put on incorruption. This mortal shall put on immortality. Amen. Escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence. Here we go. It starts with faith, right? Faith. Faith is what brings somebody to salvation. It's grace plus faith. 
It was the grace of God that he presented Calvary to us. We didn't merit Calvary. It was by his grace. But, hey, that does not... God so, loved the, God so loved the world, but the whole world is not going to be saved. His grace has to be mingled by our faith. And if we believe that, then that brings us to a place of repentance, all right? And besides this, giving all diligence, now we add to our faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. These are, these are these attributes. These are these attributes. These are Jesus' attributes. Somebody said, yeah, but I was born with a different type of uh, personality. Well, hey, I'm focusing on that personality. <laughs> I don't focus on the personality that they tell me I have when I take those personality tests. I focus on this personality. This is the one that I want to conform to. That old personality, I want him dead. I, 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 I. So I know my, I'm, I know my wife doesn't like that, but you know, that's how I feel about it. And so I know sometimes, sometimes some people really like those personality tests, but hey, let's line up to the personality of Jesus, right? Amen. And godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. There's a whole chapter on charity, right? Amen. Now, here it is. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. If you work on those things, you will have the fruit of the Spirit in your life manifested amen it will always be there amen it will make you that you are not barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ amen praise god i hope i didn't offend anybody in uh in this amen but it's easy to say Hey, I go to church. I pay my tithes. I'm good to go. No. What's good to go is when I've got the Holy Ghost renewing me daily. And I'm submitting to that. And I'm adding to my faith these things. Right? That. I don't want to deny the power to work in my life. Amen. That's what that scripture is about, Sister Marlene. I really believe it. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I want to allow the power to work in my life individually. Praise God, if you'd all stand. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this word here tonight, Lord God. Pray, Lord, that you would keep us all together in bonds of safety, Lord God, and bring us back for this next service, and we would, we would be, oh, anticipating, God, your presence here, and, and I, I pray that you would bring in new folks, Lord God, new people, oh, Lord Jesus, and, and that we can help them to find you. 
God, we're asking that your hand of protection be upon all these young people and these helpers that have gone up for this camp and let them all make it home safely. And, and let it just be, amen, that uh, they come back and set the church on fire. We give you all the glory and all the honor.